With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. To our very first World Cup Rewind, yes, the last 16 is over, the group stages are over, and this is our first rest day, but fret not, we're still here on YouTube, on the Sports Social Podcast Network, we're back with our first of six World Cup Rewinds. We're going back in time to the birth of the World Cup through 1930 to 1950, we'll see it all in the next two weeks, both in Qatar and in the history of this great tournament. Let's get stuck straight in. Yes, we are here 6am on the dot every day on the Sports Social Podcast Network, anywhere where you get your podcasts and on YouTube with the World Cup Daily Podcast. Yes, it is a rest day, one of the very few in this World Cup, this condensed World Cup, but we are here to talk World Cup football of years gone by. We'll be here every day during the tournament, as you know. Not here, not only here on the Sports Social Podcast Network and on YouTube. We've got What If videos every day on YouTube as ever. We've also got every single day a World Cup Great Games podcast on that there Patreon. So without further ado, let's get stuck in to our very first World Cup Rewind on the World Cup Daily Podcast here on What If Football. So 1930, that was the first edition of the World Cup as we all know. 
But let's do a, a brief potted rundown of how it came to be. Well, we owe it to two Frenchmen, Jules Rimet, of course, which the trophy is named after, the president of French football for its first 30 years, the FIFA president from 1920 to 1954, and we also owe it to Henry Delaunay, the the man who the European Championship Trophy is named after. He was the French football secretary between 1919 and 1956. FIFA's first meeting came in 1904, stereotypically in France, in Paris, where they decided that they could actually organise a World Cup, and it took 20 long years for FIFA to meet at the Paris Olympics. Meanwhile, Uruguay win the football tournament of the Olympic Games and two years later there was a congress by FIFA declaring that international football could not stay within the confines of those Olympic Games. The Olympics kept the likes of Austria and Hungary from competing. It sent amateurs from Britain to play in its tournament and by 1928 Uruguay won the Olympics once again, this time in Amsterdam. FIFA had five hosts for its first World Cup all lined up. The candidates were as followed, Italy, Netherlands, Spain, Sweden and Uruguay. Uruguay gets chosen mainly because they would subsidise all travel and all accommodation costs for the visitors. They build the Centenary Stadium in capital Montevideo 100 years after Uruguayan independence. The other four, still smarting, still sulking, decide not to take up FIFA on the invitation to go to the tournament. Counter that with the likes of Austria, Germany, Hungary, Hungary, Switzerland and Czech Republic also declining their invitation. And of course, there's no British interest since they're not part of FIFA and think they're above the game, of course. The European interest, though, are the likes of Belgium, Romania, Yugoslavia and France. Only four European nations who take up the invitation from FIFA. Belgium was selected after FIFA Vice President Rudolf William Sieldres put the pressure on. Meanwhile, Romania's team was picked by their king, King Carol. Both had been humiliated at the recent Olympics by the favourites Uruguay and Argentina, so there wasn't a it wasn't Europe bringing their best and brightest teams to the World Cup in South America. Uruguay was seen as slightly beyond their peak, but ultimately had the home advantage. America was seeded, and that was made up. Their national team was largely made up by old English and Scottish pros. Brazil were there, but they were still in the transition as black players were only starting to be accepted in their national team. Meanwhile, for the Europeans, the four teams on board, they were on board for a three-week journey. And they picked Brazil up on their way. And uh, by the time they got there, the Centenary Stadium still wasn't finished. So Uruguay don't kick off until it's done. So the first games are played at the grounds of their greatest teams, Peñarol and Nacional. We have in one group, we have France, who have the likes of Matler, Pinel, Plain. In Argentina, we, of course, have Monte. They meet in one of the first big controversies. The referee from Brazil blew six minutes early. Argentina fans invade the pitch. France players accost the referee as they were on for an equaliser. And only after it had all died down and the referee agreed to the restart. But fortunately for the referee, perhaps nothing else occurred. Argentina threatened to go home because of the lack of organisation from FIFA. But their ma next match, however, saw Guillermo Stabile 
in for Manuel Ferreira, who missed the game because he was sitting a university exam. Now, just imagine killing Mbappe or Phil Foden doing that in this tournament. And of course, Guillermo Stabile coming into the, the team for Argentina changed Argentina's entire World Cup. He would score five goals in two matches against Mexico and Chile, and suddenly Argentina were into the semi-finals and not France. The other favourites were the hosts, of course, Uruguay, who had Scarone, Pellegrin and Selmo. They struggled to break down their South American compatriots. Peru but battered the European opposition in Romania 4-0 comfortably. Meanwhile, the first shock, maybe even the first World Cup shock ever, was Yugoslavia's 2-1 win over Brazil, as Yugoslavia would be the only European interest in the semi-final phase. Meanwhile, America would join the likes of Uruguay, Argentina and Yugoslavia, hitting both Belgium and Paraguay on the counter in 3-0 wins to also confirm their semi-final berth. The semi-finals, though, were the biggest wins in World Cup semi-final history up until, right up until, the 2014 tournament when, of course, Germany beat both the record shared by Uruguay and Argentina, which really served to highlight the dominance of the the teams on the river plate, so to speak. Argentina battered USA 6-1, Stabile scoring twice more, and Luis Monte finally starring. Meanwhile, 80,000 Uruguayans crammed in the following day in the Centenary Stadium to see Uruguay inflict the same measure of victory over Yugoslavia. And by the end of the World Cup in 1930, we had Uruguay versus Argentina, the final everybody expected, and the only final between two non-European teams, between two teams where at least one would usually be from Europe, or maybe usually both by the time uh, we get into the 21st century. But here, this is the only time where non-European teams have outnumbered European teams in the semi-final stage and, of course, in the final two. Ten boats were chartered across the river plate full of Argentines and 90,000 people took to the Centenary Stadium. Both sides would diver over the match ball, tossing a coin, and Argentina won that particular contest and it would be the only one they would win all day. Uruguay were missing Pellegrin and Selmo and find themselves controversially 2-1 behind thanks to Guillermo Stabile. Jose Nazazi, the Uruguayan captain, was convinced that the Argentine was offside but regardless Uruguay would come to win the match. Pedro Scheer equalised at the end of a long dribble before Irate and Castro sealed the win. Of course, this being the age of conspiracy particular. Particularly in South America, Argentina had their excuses. Luis Monte, probably justified, was feared by death threats and the star player who had been Argentina's best player outside of Guillermo Stabile all tournament played within himself and by that point Pancho Varallo got so injured that Argentina effectively had nine men. So this being the age before the substitution, Argentina were at quite the disadvantage in Uruguay against Uruguay and Uruguay took the first World Cup home. After this short break, we'll go over to Europe and to Italy and the 1934. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. 
Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. For World Cup. 1932. The FIFA Congress is in Stockholm and at that Congress, Italy are awarded the second ever World Cup. At which point, defending champions Uruguay drop out and that remains the only time that the defending champion didn't take part in a World Cup. Now, of course, we would, as we moved on through the 30s and uh, beyond, the conspiracy between Europe and South America would uh, engulf the organisation of such World Cups. But first, Italy had the World Cup. Fascist backdrop under Mussolini's Azuri, they used the likes of Luis Monte, who you may remember from before the break when he played for Argentina. They also had Raimundo Orsi and Enrico Gaita, the Oriunde who came from South America. Their line was, if they can die for Italy, they can play for Italy, so Mussolini said. So when a war broke out in 1935 after the World Cup, one of those Oriunde, Enrique Gaita, was caught trying to cross into Switzerland, of course. It was a jump from 13 to 16 teams, which ensured that we had our very first format change at the very first opportunity. And this would become a theme from FIFA and UEFA in major tournaments. So we had the 1934 and 1938 tournaments retained a straight knockout tournament, which could be contested as annoying for the likes of Brazil and Argentina, who made the trip over from South America that still took three weeks, as it did in 1930, just to only play in one game after losing to Spain and Sweden. Now, a lot of teams would then embark on tours afterwards, so it would make it somewhat worthwhile and try to earn some money back. But still, the main event is the World Cup. It still was here, and um, 32 teams entered qualifying. There was no invitation this time. It was a straight qualification campaign, 22 of which, though, came from Europe, still none from Britain, obviously. Mexico and America had to play a qualifier in Rome prior to the tournament as well, and it was it was a USA who would embark on a bit of a drought in terms of uh, the World Cup. They had just two survivors from 1930, but ultimately won out, only to be pagged by the host Italy in the last 16. Italy, who had Vittorio Pozzo in the dugout and were forced into a replay with Spain despite a bit of rough housing and uh, all sorts of shenanigans, as you might expect, from 1934 Italy. Pizziolo broke his leg, Spain made seven changes, but in the replay weren't fresh enough and Italy bypassed them 1-0. Austria were amongst the favourites as well. They had the legendary figure in their dugout, Hugo Meisel. They had Hans, Over- Hans Horvat. Matthias Sindelar, Joseph Bican, and snuck through in dubious means in a 3-2 after extra time win over France. And you do have the likes of Horvat starring in a match more reminiscent of a brawl in a 2-1 win in the quarterfinals over Hungary. There's many more battles to come, especially even in this episode, in this uh, World Cup Rewind series. The semi-final between the pair of Italy and Austria was settled by one of Italy's Oriundi Gaita on 19 minutes, of course, the man who would elope so famously the year after. Although Zizek ought to have uh, taken the game to extra time, Italy threw in the final and Austria's Danubian fluid football was still celebrated despite the loss in the latter stages. Their football ultimately pass and move... Lovely, pretty football was ultimately stymied by 
boggy conditions in Milan, which were likely more manufactured than a, than an act of God on the part of the Italians. And why not? Germany lined up with the likes of Edmund Cohen starring as he rattled in a hat-trick against Belgium and then Karl Hoffmann's double beat a solid Swedish side and all of a sudden Germany were on course looking pretty in the World Cup whilst the likes of Switzerland stunned the Dutch beating them after one of Kiel Holt's goals struck a divot and went in and this is just 30s World Cup football here we see and uh, Czech Republic or Czechoslovakia as they were at the time their star player was Aldrich Nedjedli and uh, he eliminated them um, Switzerland that is late on from the quarter final and he would win the golden boot after striking three times in the semi-final against a wasteful Germany Germany missing their quarter-final hero, Hoffman. And uh, the final was between, of course, Czechoslovakia and Italy. The final was in direct opposition to the 1930s final. The ground wasn't to capacity at all. They couldn't fill the stadium, despite the host nation being in the uh, in the final. And Italy went from one pretty Central Eastern European football team, Austria, to another one in Czechoslovakia. Czechoslovakia perhaps ought to have won. Sobotska missed and Svoboda hits the post at 1-0 and ultimately the game was taken to extra time by another one of Italy's, Oriundi, and that was Orsi. So Italy owe a lot to their first World Cup, probably everything to their first World Cup triumph from the uh, South American immigrants. So when Uruguay in 1930 disappeared their manager to attack and ultimately turn a game around in the final, Vittorio Pozzo was far more integral to his team's win and probably was the first great World Cup manager. He ran all the way over to the other side. Now, if you can imagine this in modern football, technical area, say imagine Gareth Southgate running all the way to the other side of the pitch, and he, uh, he gets Scavaio and Gaita to swap wings. And then from that change, Scavaio scores the winner. Pozzo landmarked as a genius. And Italy move on and will retain their crown in 1938. But enough of that. We will uh, discuss it after this short break. Welcome back. 1938's World Cup. Everybody was expecting it to bounce from South America to Europe, back to South America. So therefore, this tournament should be in South America. FIFA declared at the Congress two years prior in Berlin that France were declared the host. So therefore, mass declines from the likes of Uruguay and Argentina. If previous World Cups were marred by outside forces, fascism and um, whatever FIFA could throw at the 1930 World Cup... Anschluss happened and it meant Germany robbed Austria of a chance to play. It took a fair amount of their players, picking three of them in the last 16 replay with Switzerland. They would ultimately lose them. So we had the likes of Sweden, Romania, Switzerland, Czechoslovakia, all present again. Cuba, Poland and the Dutch East Indies, all here for the first time. Italy and Czechoslovakia, both finalists from four years prior. They'd undergone transitions but retained those star players and as we mentioned prior it is the same knockout format so we had instant jeopardy which almost claimed Italy in the previous Olympic Games Norway had run Italy close in the Olympics and 
Six of those players, those Norwegians that took to the field in the Olympics, played in the last 16 against Italy. It was the same scoreline, though. 2-1 to Italy, but they did need extra time, and they did need Silvio Piola, the Italian hero, to score in the 92nd minute. And the first game for Italy would be their toughest. We have France retaining the likes of Delphore, Aston and Matler, but these were all players from the 1930 World Cup and they weren't particularly in a mat in weren't particularly a match for them. They would play Brazil and it would be Leonidas. He starred instantly, to be fair, scoring four against Poland. Poland, however, who had the likes of Ernest Vilimovsky, who scored four in the same game in probably the most balmy World Cup match in a 6-5 win for Brazil against Poland. Uh, Leonidas, the star player, almost tried to play without any boots, so the uh, referee had to stop him, interject, and uh, get him to put some boots on. And even then, he scored four goals. And this was a, a Brazil side. Again, another one in transition. Six debutants. And they were taken to the depths of a replay by a Czechoslovakia side who themselves needed extra time to finish off the Netherlands. But it was Leonidas crucial again, opening the first games, goal scoring, equalising in the replay. But the match is remembered for the Battle of Bordeaux. So here's about this for an injury list. You had Nayedli, the, uh, the hero from 1934 for the Czechoslovakia, broken leg. Plynik, broken arm. Kostelek, stomach injury. Three red cards before the red cards, of course. Three sendings off for a fist fight. The other for a kick. These injuries to Parasio and Leonidas as well. And there's only seven players across the two 11s that were retained for the replay, which was far more sporting as a result. And uh, we also had Sweden winning a place in the quarterfinal, unfortunately, automatically after the Austrian walkover. And uh, we have Hungary basically did so as well if they thrashed the Dutch East Indies 6-0 where we had uh, Gjojla Zellinger who was the star for the Hungarians. But they were made to sweat over a 2-0 win over the Swiss in Lille. And just as Sweden, uh, just as Hungary had a, what amounted to be a buy in the first round, so did Sweden in the quarterfinals, beating a Cuba team 8-0 with the likes of Harry Anderson and Gustav Vetterstorm in a, a, both scoring hat-tricks in what was a huge thrash in the greatest World Cup win so far. Cuba were only at the World Cup after Mexico withdrew and you had their qualifying win, probably offside as well, the winning goal in that. And they stunned Romania after a replayer so far ever-present team. But we return to Italy versus Brazil. Controversy straight from the off, as we mentioned earlier. The uh, the conspiracy between Europeans and South Americans absolutely rife in the earlier few, well, in the probably the first eight or nine, maybe even ten World Cups here, unfortunately. Pozzo confronted the Brazilians after he uh, caught wind of them booking an entire plane for Paris ahead of the final. Such was their confidence and the they always say um, the... Stereotype is to have your team talk done for you right there for Pozzo. Brazilians had done that. They returned to their fresh starting 11 after the Battle of Bordeaux, with the exception of, of course, the injured Leonidas. But they would fall to the great Giuseppe Miazza, who scored in a 2-1 win for the Italians. Meanwhile, Hungary versus Sweden started off with a Nyberg goal for Sweden inside 35 seconds, which is probably the quickest World Cup goal by this point. Unfortunately for the Swedes, Hungary would make the World Cup final. They had 
an unassailable 3-1 lead that they turned to 5-1 by full-time. 12 of their 22 remained from 1934 and... In 1938, they held their own against the Italians in the final in a far from cagey first half. But you had the likes of Colausi and uh, he's, his goal killed killed the game. Piola got his fourth and fifth goals of the tournament alongside Miazza, the star player. And Italy, in the third World Cup ever, won the World Cup for the second time. And it would be a feat only repeated once, but that is a story for another day, of course. So we'll go for a short break now, but we've got one final tournament to look at for you today on this rip-roaring rollercoaster through the early days of the World Cup. We're going back to South America, finally. We're going to Brazil, and we're going to 1950. Stick around. Welcome back. So, of course, World War II interrupted the 1942 and 1946 editions of the World Cup. And during the war, Jules Rimet had hid the trophy under his bed and it remained intact until it would be, of course, changed, or at least the design would be changed in the mid-1970s. So, as I mentioned, we were back in South America, we were back to Brazil. And as a result, Uruguay were rejoining and hoping to win the World Cup once again. Argentina, because of certain wranglings with Brazil, they wouldn't be back alongside Uruguay. But we had welcomed the first knockings from Britain. They had finally welcomed FIFA post-war and FIFA allowed two spots for Britain as a bit of a sweetener from the uh, home championships winner and the home championships runner-up. England qualified after beating Scotland at Hampden Park and full of pride, Scotland in second place refused to go because they hadn't won anything. And this was despite both sides of the divide here. Billy Wright, the English captain, and George Young, the Scottish cam- captain, campaigning for Scotland's FA to allow them to go, which sounds insane now when you think about it, when Scotland are still struggling to uh, qualify for another World Cup. Czechoslovakia, they opted out without even trying to qualify. Turkey opted out despite beating Syria 7-0. So instead of opti- offering Syria the spot to qualify for the World Cup, FIFA turned to France. Of course, FIFA, the French organisation, turned to France. And after being drawn with Uruguay and Bolivia in a two-team group, three-team group, and handed a 4,000-mile round trip between games, and this is 1950 and travel is still hard, France withdrew as well. Um, but it probably wasn't more so to do with the 4,000-mile ra- round trip or the trip to South America. It was likely due to... Poor tournament matches ahead of the uh, ahead of the game where the uh, they lost quite comprehensively. Meanwhile, in terms of Scotland's spot, Portugal refused to take on their spot. Germany were now West Germany, and they were banned by FIFA. Meanwhile, Austria didn't bother to take part, and India qualified, but of course withdrew. Henry Delaunay was fuming and left the World Cup committee after the format was changed. Yes, it wasn't a World Cup straight knockout anymore. We were back to 13 teams as well, and that meant four groups. But it wasn't the semi-finals of 1930. No, no, no. It was a single group with four first-round winners, and whoever won that group would win the World Cup. So we had the potential for our first-ever dead rubber World Cup final. Well done, FIFA. Anyway, so as Uruguay did in 1930, 
Brazil thought they would build a stadium for the occasion, and my word, did they build one. Maracanã, and it hosted 200,000 fans. And um, such as it was in Euro 2020 with England playing every game bar one at Wembley, the controversy here in 1950-some, 71 years before that, Brazil were controversial because they played every game bar that one, bar one in the Maracanã. Whilst other host nations, whilst other nations, of course, ran up the miles, and of course, it's probably a bit more controversial in 1950 because the state of travelling in such a huge country like Brazil. Anyway, let's move on. So England were at the tournament. Yeah, well, let's welcome England. Walter Winterbottom was the first outright England coach, even if England star player Stanley Matthews didn't take to him. But uh, Winterbottom had a slightly over-the-hill team, a team that probably could have done without the, the Second World War, to be honest. We had the likes of Wilf Mannion, Stan Mortensen and Stanley Matthews, but also the upcoming trio of Billy Wright, Alf Ramsey and Tom Finney. Ultimately, they were drawn into a tough group with the likes of Spain and Chile, but also America, who they were who they were expected to beat. And to be fair, who they battered, but famously lost against 1-0 after beating Chile. But still, the tournament was wide open for England, even though only one team qualified for the final group phase. It was Spain versus England. Whoever won went through, and of course, Spain eliminated them. Stanley Matthews went on a, a bit of a, an American tour before the, before the tournament and he was only selected for the third match, which goes to show what a shambles the FA were in, in uh, doing a, an American tour before the, um, before the tournament for what, just one of their players in a, in a scratch team elsewhere across the globe. Anyway, would we learn? Italy, whilst other Europeans flew, of course, Italy, understandably took the boat for um, reasons pertaining to the Superga air disaster of 1949, which should took the lives of all the team of Il Grande Torino, which fueled a lot of the Italian national team. Eight Italian internationals were on board, unfortunately. Vittorio Pozzo, he had departed after his tactics were being eschewed for the Sistema philosophy. And we had Ferruccio Novo was in after some quarrelling with co-manager Aldo Bardelli. Sweden were drawn in the same group and they'd be inextricably linked together. Four of Sweden's Olympic winning team played in Italy and eight would sign after Italy's elimination at the hands, of course, of Sweden. And Sweden were coached by Yorkshire's own George Rayner, of course, so England did have something in the in this World Cup after all. <laughs> and uh, they claimed the group essentially after a 3-2 win over Italy, where Ferruccio Novo picked a left-back up front and um, Italy bowed out to defeat. Meanwhile, Paraguay were second in that group as well, it must be said, in a three-team group. Brazil, well, they were hosts and they prepared by living with one another for four months and they were blessed with one hell of a squad from Baltazar to Jair to Zezinho and, of course, their main man, Golden Boot winner Adamir. They struggled to break down an incredibly defensive Swiss in a 2-2 draw. Now, Switzerland, their manager was Karl Rappan and their famous Vero system predates the, the defensive stoicness of Italian Catanaccio. Essentially the same thing. It was a defender behind the defensive three. And it seems crazy to say it now, but this 4-3-3 deployed by the Swiss was... Uh, 
was seen as incredibly defensive, but these are in the times of a of a WM, a 2-3-5, so 4-3-3, incredibly defensive now. Try telling the likes of Jurgen Klopp and Pep Guardiola's opponents that they play defensive football by deploying a 4-3-3. Anyway, Brazil battered Mexico 4-0, avenging the ghosts of 1930 as well by beating Yugoslavia 2-0. Meanwhile, Uruguay had a simple task of getting through to the final group phase by just beating Bolivia 8-0 to go through, which really destroys this tournament's entire format. So whilst other teams have had to play three matches to get to the same phase, Uruguay are rewarded with just one win and an extremely easy win at that, Bolivia 8-0. Sweden themselves have played twice to get there. Spain have played the most games, so it stands to reason that Uruguay and Brazil are probably the favourites. Brazil because of the home host nation, because they are Brazil because... They've got some of the greatest players. And Uruguay, they've still not lost a World Cup match because obviously they didn't take part in the 30s and because they've not played as many games. And we go into the final group phase, shall we? I'm glad it's not been repeated. Anyway, George Rayner, Yorkshire's own Sweden manager. His plan was to strike Brazil early and then sit in. But they unfortunately missed a couple of chances and then saw the likes of Adamir and Chico run up a 3-0 win. Um... So after Brazil pump Sweden 7-1, they hit Spain for 6, so which which bloats Brazil's confidence even more. So by the final game, which of course is Uruguay versus Brazil, Brazil need a draw to win the World Cup after Uruguay failed to beat Spain, beating drawing them drawing with them 2-2 in a late, very late Oscar Miguez turnaround in a 3-2 win over Sweden essentially gives us a World Cup final. If Uruguay would have drawn two on the spin, we wouldn't have had a World Cup final. Let's just um, sink that. let that sink in. It would have been technically possible, but of course, Uruguay would have had to beat Brazil by about seven, which is not going to happen, let's be honest. Um, so the newspapers, even though it wasn't over just yet, they declared Brazil the winners. The Rio de Janeiro governor announced them as champions before the final, and um, this is all going without saying that uh, Uruguay had already claimed a win over Brazil two months prior, 4-3. Now, of course, it's a completely different kettle of fish playing in a in a World Cup final or a World Cup compared to a friendly or an exhibition match. But still, it's quite clearly Uruguay have the players there to hurt Brazil. But regardless, Brazil were... Very, very confident, and rightly so, after Uruguay were battered in the first half, but hung in there. Still drawing 0-0, Brazil were fine with that. They'd, they'd got the point they need to uh, to win the World Cup, uh, but that would change. Schreiker scores within uh, within minutes for Brazil. Jair hit the post too, so Brazil are here in the ascendancy. Ought to have really been out of sight. And at 2-0, with Uruguay needing three goals, Brazil not really bothering if they get a draw, it doesn't matter the overconfidence would have been even more bloated until Uruguay, of course. Catch a second win, scoring through Schiaffino and Gigia, and there we have the Maracanazo. Whether it's apocryphal or not, there are stories of mass suicides, but it does speak that even to the, the national grief that Brazil would have felt, that those stories, if they, are, if they aren't true, that they would be cultivated anyway. It shows how serious Brazil were about football. Now, we mentioned right at the top of the show that Brazil weren't serious contenders because they'd only just started to allow black players to play the sport. By this point in 1950, 20 years on, Brazil had 
they'll deem to be one of the greatest football nations, not only in South America, but in world football. And this remains the biggest shock in a World Cup final. Well, perhaps until maybe next time out. So tomorrow we've got another rewind. We're going to be looking at 1954, 1958, 1962. And you better believe we're going to be discussing 1966 at length in tomorrow's episode of the What What If Football World Cup Daily podcast. Thank you very much for listening and continue to do so right across this tournament where we'll be looking at this World Cup in 2022. We'll also be delving back into the history of the tournament. Thank you very much and until tomorrow, silly. Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.